Here's what's coming up in this episode of the Summit for Wellness podcast. You would think having a doctor in physical therapy um, makes you an expert, but um, you know there, there are two different purposes behind it, I think. And the doctor of physical therapy, the education is geared more towards knowing every muscle, every nerve, every artery and uh, vein in the body, every bone, um, and all the intricacies of the bone shape and, and structure. But it, it doesn't it doesn't tell you exactly how the body functions against gravity or in real life and with movement. The reason our uh, babies move and develop the way they move is, yeah, strength is one, but also it helps with bone formation um, and the way that your ball and socket joints are formed. You know, really begins with those stages and how stable they are and putting weight through them, the approximation. Um, and, and being able to move really helps shape how the skeletal system uh, takes place early on. If you think about like this shirt, and let's just say that like this area here on me and connective tissue wise is just restricted. And I keep trying to stretch it and pull at it, but this just does not break up. It's like at ease, right? Um, what we can do is we can go a cup kind of around it to kind of help pull some of that tissue. And then while that tissue is being pulled, we're stretching and we're moving and we're yanking on it at different angles and different directions. So it basically takes that congested area and through our movement with the on and stretching it, and then when we release it, it just kind of lets it kind of be free, stimulates blood flow to it so it becomes a little bit more healthier and, and able to move rather than being just this like congested ball and an area of immobility. Welcome to the Summit for Wellness podcast, where we help you climb to the peak of your health. And now, here is your host, Brian Carroll. Welcome back to the Summit for Wellness podcast. Uh, A couple weeks ago, we did a podcast all about running uh, because we're trying to get in some more podcast episodes about movement and how to exercise and how to train the body properly. And that actually ended up being a really big hit. A lot of people seem to like uh, talking about the functional movement side of things and uh, different ways to train the body that aren't so... um, for lack of better words, boring, like you typically find in gym settings and whatnot. So uh, this week is um, another movement one. This one is actually a great way to recover, whether it's from exercise or from injury. Um, And we will be talking about functional cupping. And there's that word again, the whole functional thing that we talked about last time with Nicole, about what the heck functional actually means. And with our guest today, we also asked that question again his perspective, which is very similar to what Nicole's was with running. Uh, But this episode is also our very first video podcast episode. So we actually did this live at our guest's uh, clinic. And so um, there will be moments where you might not fully understand what's going on. And that's because we are doing a demonstration within his clinic of how he does his cupping process. Uh, But also, since it is our first one, 
video podcast, I do have to apologize because the audio is kind of funky. Um, I'm still trying to figure out how to uh, make the audio good quality with the camera setup and whatnot and I am a one-man producer so it's I'm trying to do a lot of things at once and sometimes uh, things just don't come out properly and we had one of the mics actually um, cutting out so I apologize for that but uh, there's still a lot of really good information in this episode Um, and I have also created another little freebie download that you can Uh, get from this episode uh, all about preparation for cupping kind of about the history of cupping and what to do before and after a cupping session so if you go to summitforwellness.com slash 19 download you can download that freebie today so we are going to jump straight into this episode, and like I said, if at any point you're a little bit confused about what's going on, then just go to summitforwellness.com 19, and you can see the video of what we're doing right there. And here we go. I am Brian Carroll of Summit Integrative Wellness, and I am here with Chris Soterikopoulos of Vita Integrated Health, and we are going to be talking about functional movement, and we will also be talking all about cupping. So Chris, can you go into kind of your background with uh, physical therapy? What brought you into it and why are you here now? Oh man, that's a, that's a deep, deep conversation. Let me look at the time. Sweet. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So what brought me into physical therapy in the first place was uh, 2007. I was playing basketball, pretty, pretty big athlete growing up through my life and, uh, you know, playing a basketball tournament in Yakima. some guy fell into my leg, tore my ACL, MCL, and medial meniscus. Uh, so I had to have surgery and then rehab through a PT after that. And uh, at the time, I was just working uh, for Wells Fargo Bank and uh, not very happy. And uh, my PT was really inspiring, motivated, um, uplifting. You know, and during the rehab process, I went through some stages of like depression and just being really. Uh, down on life and he was just uh, that kind of inspiring spirit that uh, gave me my life back and I felt like that job itself was like so cool that I wanted to do the same so he told me how to do it and uh, once I found out that it was achievable I quit my job at the bank uh, the next following week and started a path towards becoming a PT and uh, went through uh, University of Puget Sound got my doctorate in 2012 um, and then Went through uh, Gary Gray and his uh, fellowship of applied functional science and uh, became close to you, friend. Yes. <laughs> we <laughs> and, go way uh, back. Yeah, and then uh, past that, I've just done multiple certifications and everything, but the Gray Institute and what they've taught me is uh, it's the number one thing I definitely implement in my practice now. And uh, yeah, and just kind of worked my way up, and now I'm a director of physical therapy for Vita Integrated Health, which we have three clinics Seattle, Everett in Bellevue and I primarily work out of the Everett location. So, Can you talk a little bit about your education from the Gray Institute? What exactly makes that different than your background in physical therapy? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question because you would think having a doctor in physical therapy um, makes you an expert, but um, you know, there, there are two different purposes behind it, I think. And the doctor of physical therapy, the education is geared more towards knowing every muscle, every nerve, every artery and uh, vein in the body, every bone um, and all the intricacies of the bone shape and, and structure, but it, it doesn't 
it doesn't tell you exactly how the body functions against gravity or in real life and with movement. You know, the doctorate does a really good job in going into what muscles do, um, kind of in open space and how they contract and the physiology behind it, which is great. But what the Gray Institute did for me was it really gave me that connection of, well, this is now what the hamstring does when you're actually putting weight on it and moving against gravity. This is now what the soleus and gastric does, right? And so it really redefined muscle function and how the body moves for me, um, which ultimately led to improving the way I treat patients, how I treat patients, and my exercise design is um, off the charts. I can come up with so many different ways now. So it really uh, added that piece for me that I felt like you don't really get too much in school, but. So right now there's a lot of this buzzword of functional and functional movement, and a lot of the Gray Institute teaches this functional movement. Can you describe what the difference of a functional movement is compared to regular movement? Yeah, so yeah, you're right. Like the word functional movement gets thrown around a lot or functional therapy, functional this and that. And I think uh, everybody kind of has a different definition of it. So I might kind of relate to some, but uh, I define mine based on the Gray Institute philosophy, but also on what I've learned through other classes um, that I've taken. So for me, how I define functional movement is any movement that is really authentic to life and controlling and managing your body weight against gravity. So um, walking, lunges, squats, a lot of groundwork, um, whether it's crawling type things or you know hands and feet on floor, um, doing different movement patterns, things like that. I like to relate a lot to neuromuscular development um, and just how we're starting off on the ground, how we move on the ground, um, and going back to that, those basics. But for me, um, that's how I would define functional movement, those authenticities. Um, that's an interesting point to talk about is those developmental features going from the ground back to, or all the way up to standing. Can you talk about the importance of allowing a child to crawl around on the ground and to figure out how to get up to their feet and working on their balance and figuring yeah. all that those steps out on their own? Yeah, that's, that's super important. That is often overlooked, I think, by um, especially like first-time parents or uh, even some pediatricians from what I find is, is that, you know, they know that the importance is there, but they don't know maybe how long they should be in a certain stage or, you know, just how important it is. And the reason our uh, babies move and develop the way they move is, yeah, strength is one, but also it helps with bone formation um, and the way that your ball and socket joints are formed you know, really begins with those stages and how stable they are and putting weight through them, the approximation. Um, and, and being able to move really helps shape how the skeletal system uh, takes place early on. Uh, and then I know a lot of people, they like to, they get really excited about their baby walking early or something like that. And, and that's great, um, don't get me wrong, but it really is important for crawling to, you know, get that weight through the joints, um, start developing, laying down trabeculae through the bone. Um, and really start forming that ball and socket joint or hinge joint or whatever joint um, is dependent on that weight-bearing skill set. So uh, very important to not skip over milestones. It's okay to be accelerated through them. Um, it's even okay to be delayed, but uh, you know, skipping over them completely is, is probably not uh, of your child's best interest moving forward. 
This is kind of going down a little rabbit hole, but what do you think about parents that spend more time holding their child instead of letting them play around on the ground? Um, I mean, I don't think that's bad, but, you know, I mean, you definitely, I mean, because I hold my children all the time. They're adorable and cute, but, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the importance of allowing them to be independent and actually get those movement patterns is, is huge. And just like in life, you know what you know now is all through experience and uh, education and, and going through the process right and so for a child it's the same thing they're only going to move better if they actually get an opportunity to be independent practice 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 and that's really what it's about okay getting that time so when you're seeing patients do you see kind of a disconnect between that on-ground function leading up to standing when they're coming in to see you uh, you can, you can. For sure. You know, there's definitely times where you'll do something on the ground and it kind of looks funky or a little bit different or, you know, patients are great. They'll try to come up with any strategy and implement anything they can to, like, accomplish what you want um, and to the best of their ability, but maybe it doesn't look right or get to exactly how you want. Um, and so you can kind of talk about the process of what their development was. And it's pretty interesting to find out some of, you know, if they have a funky crawl, you know, or they don't really know how to do it. It's maybe not range of motion related. It's not strength related. Maybe it's more just they only crawled for a month of their life, and so they never really had that practice, right? And so those kind of things are very interesting to hear. But uh, yeah, it, it's not super super often that, that I get those kind of cases. That is interesting. Yeah. So going back to your education, now you're doing all this functional movement in your practice. Can you de describe like what that looks like when someone comes in to see you, if they have an injury, what's kind of the process you go through with them and how do you assess them and yeah, treat a, them? Yeah, that's a great uh, question because I really, I utilize kind of both worlds of that PT brain and then that Gray Institute functional movement brain. So, um, you know, if someone comes to me uh, and says, hey, I have this knee problem or back problem, what I usually do is I, there's three things I wanna try to find out. Is it structurally related? Is it muscle tissue, connective tissue related? Or is it nerve related? Um, and so I will utilize orthopedic tests that we learned in school for physical therapy um, to determine the structural integrity of those, of that system. Uh, and then I use that Gray Institute brain to kind of test, well, how does it respond to muscle or tissue work uh, in the anterior chain, posterior chain, lateral chain, medial chain, all the, and just kind of see how does it respond to work and activity. So a lot of my evals are based on movement um, rather than sitting down or laying down, um, coming up with different positions and strategies to kind of stress that tissue in a different way to see how does your injury and pain symptoms respond to it. Um, and then also I just kind of look at the whole chain. So. Just because you have a back problem, I might look at your foot. I might look at your hip instead. So instead of doing the entire assessment on a table, you're getting people actually up and moving and yeah. putting them into transformational zones that look like what it is that they're having issues in. Exactly, exactly. And then from there, I can kind of pick like, oh, that looked funky. Let me look at it more, you know, maybe isolated or, um, you know, in a different kind of position or something like that. And it, it's really, really helpful. Now you've been taking cupping, which we saw a lot in the Olympics, and incorporating that with this functional movement patterns as well. Can you uh, go into uh, 
first off, what is cupping? Okay. Um, is it yeah. just bruises on the body? Yeah. And then after that, go into how you use it in your practice. Yeah, that's uh, another huge full of good questions today. So yeah, I, uh, I took uh, this course from Christopher DePrado, who's a physical therapist at Bay Area Sports, who has been doing myofascial decompression, is what, uh, is what it's called. But he uh, has been doing it for probably 10, 15 years now. And he's actually the physical therapist for the US Olympic team. And so that's who I learned from. Um, so he's, he's the one bruising Michael Phelps. He's the one that bruised Michael okay, Phelps. Okay, now we know. Yeah, so if you need to blame him, now I name dropped him. So. Uh, yeah, but he's been doing it for, for years and, you know, having that functional movement. I've also taken other courses with connective tissue and fashion and, and just uh, like anatomy trains, um, things like that. And just incorporating it into those kind of theories as well has been really instrumental in, in getting people to kind of free up their motion and allow um, that soft tissue barrier to just be released in like three minutes usually is all the treatment takes three to five minutes or so so it's been really it's been really helpful and beneficial especially if it is a connective tissue soft tissue type of restriction or problem um, if it's structural like bone and joint then it's not going to help too much but you know if there's any tissue relation to it at all it's uh, pretty pretty crazy how fast it can it can be effective the most effective is, is like car accidents or people that have neck pain from sitting mm -hmm. at a computer for too long and they just get that tightness, um, you know, because basically that's just like built up restriction. Um, so the cups, what we'll do is just kind of help pull at it, release it, and then all of a sudden people just feel like this sense of like euphoria after. It's pretty crazy. Can you describe what the process is that's making this actually work? Uh, yeah, so it's, it's basically using a cup. Um, and using negative pressure theories. So it's drawing back on um, ideas from ancient Chinese medicine from thousands of years ago. Uh, and so negative pressure, so it goes a cup and then you pump. So it sucks up some of the connective tissue and muscle um, into the cup. And so if you think about like the shirt, and let's just say that like this area here on me and connective tissue wise is just restricted. And I keep trying to stretch it and pull at it, but this just does not break up. It's like adhesed, right? Um, what we can do is we can go a cup kind of around it to kind of help pull some of that tissue. And then while that tissue is being pulled, we're stretching and we're moving and we're yanking on it at different angles and different directions. So it basically takes that congested area and through our movement with the on and stretching, it, and then when we release it, it just kind of lets it kind of be free, stimulates blood flow to it so it becomes a little bit more healthier and able to move rather than being just this like congested ball and an area of immobility. And that's, um, you mentioned adding movement into that. So that's a little different than if you went to another practitioner that just puts the cups on and leaves it for yeah. a little so bit. If you had like cupping before, um, that's usually what happens is it's a very passive um, thing. They do the cups, which is great, but they don't usually have you move. You're just kind of laying there normally. Um, whether it's with fire or a pump or whatever technique they use. Um, but with the myofascial decompression, um, the concept is that, is to put them on, but also to stretch and kind of move so you can get all the connective tissue and all the fascia that goes into that area to also move. And so using the decompression cups, coupled with the Gray Institute knowledge that I have, um, it really, really is beneficial you know, pretty quickly. 
Awesome. Yeah. Well, we'll do a little demonstration to show kind of the work yeah, that you're doing with the cupping because I think it's fascinating. Yeah. So let's go right into it. Cool. So at this point in the episode, this is where you might get a little confused about what's actually going on because this is a video demonstration of how Chris puts on the cups, um, what he's looking for once the cups are on, and then how he puts people through different motions depending on the area that the cups are on and the area that is uh, either injured or needs some rehabilitation. So if you want to see this video demonstration, go to summitforwellness.com slash 19 and you can see the video right there. Okay, we have a guest um, to be the patient today, Sarah Kish, and Chris is going to demonstrate cupping on her calf. So can you go through your assessment process, Chris? Yeah, so we do the, I won't go through the whole eval. We already evaled her a little bit. She basically has some tightness and some discomfort through the calf, uh, mainly from hiking a lot recently. And so what we're going to do is we're just going to try to release some of that tension through the calf, um, possibly up into the hamstring. Uh, so first of all, we're going to just see what kind of motion she has and just kind of see where that's at to see what kind of gains we make after the cups. So she gets about five degrees of dorsiflexion. Okay, and I'm gonna kind of push her more. So that was actively, so passively she's getting about 15 or so. Okay, and then from there I just ask her like, kind of get a sense for how it feels through the calf, through the Achilles, down into the foot, how tight it is. Just kind of put that into your mental bank. Because uh, after the cups, we're gonna do this again, just kind of see how it feels as well. Uh, I might also go here and just kind of see, and then kind of just feel how that feels. Okay, she has pretty good motion overall. But she was really restricted, uh, like my friend Brian, <laughs> then uh, we would notice a pretty big difference pretty quickly. So what we're going to do is we're just going to apply some lotion because it helps kind of let the tissue uh, decompress a little bit more into the cup and a little bit easier and just a little bit more tolerable. If you don't do it with lotion, it becomes really painful. It feels like your skin's gonna rip. <laughs> and the cups still stick to the tissues even with the lotion on there? Yeah, the, they actually stick a little bit better. Um, and, and you're gonna see why here shortly. Um, because the amount of pressure that goes through the cup is pretty significant. So she has small legs. You're super strong, but. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna put one cup on, and it's gonna feel like a pinch, okay? So that's basically it right there. Okay. So if you get woozy or anything by looking at needles and stuff like that, you probably don't want to look down. Um, <laughs> I've never had anybody pass out, but I get, they say it's possible. I can see how it yeah, it could freak people kinda, out. It's kind of trippy, right? It's kind of like putting the vacuum hose on you, but it's a super strong vacuum. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's a lot more intense. So again, coupling with what I learned through uh, Dr. DePrado uh, with the myofascial decompression and then through the Gray Institute with uh, just how the body and how the fascial system works and how it's connected. I'd probably, if she was in shorts, I'd probably go one more up here. Um, and I might, if she was having back pain, I might even go here as well. Um, but for the sake of this demonstration, we'll just have her go here. So there's two things we can do now. 
So one, <clears throat> we can kind of have her lay on her right side facing me. There you go. So we could, if, it, if she was like having a tough time having the cups on, we could just passively stretch her. We try to get that pull and stretch. How's that feel? Okay. Yeah, it's pretty intense though, right? Yeah, it's pretty tight, okay? And we can kind of actively do it for her. But what we're going to do, since Sarah is a high-level athlete, we're going to have her stand up. And we're going to go into the stretch station here and have her do a little bit of movement. So really the goal is to get that whole posterior chain into the calf. Yeah, you can hop. That's fine. <laughs> Hold on to here. <laughs> okay. And put your left foot here. <clears throat> uh, good. Uh, come into the middle more. There you go. Perfect. And then put your right foot up on the slant if you can. You can hang on to the bars. You're okay. Good. Perfect. Okay. And then from there, you're just going to kind of do like your standard kind of calf stretch. So come forward. Okay. Yeah. You're going to feel a big pull, right? And then come back out of it. Okay. And then go forward. Good. Come back out. Just kind of go back and forth 10 times. And I'm just going to kind of help get that tissue to pull. Kind of get it to stretch. Yeah. <laughs> You're doing great. So right now, the way she's moving, we're, we're doing a great job getting kind of this area and above. We're not getting a ton through that bottom cup, and that's okay. We're going to get that a little bit later. Okay. And then all we're going to do to kind of tweak it is we're just going to take this foot here, and we're going to kind of pigeon toe it. So have it go in that way. Okay, perfect. Then we're going to do the same thing. Okay. So we're just going to change the angle a little bit. Again, try to get it to kind of pull, tug, different directions. Good. I like the stretch station a lot because it gives people a lot of different handhold options, a lot of support, especially when you have the cups on. It can be a little bit of pain in the moment. But again, it's only about three to five minutes that we're going to have them on. Good. Okay, and then straighten out this foot. Okay, and now what we're going to do is I want you to think about this knee. I want you to bend that knee as much as you can. Good. Good. Perfect. And then straighten it out. Straight, 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 straight. Perfect. Bend. Nice. Straight. We're going to do 10. Can you have them on for too long? Yes. And if you have them on for too long, um, you really start getting some welts. You might even get some bleeding. Um, you know, I had a patient who really, really loved this, and so he actually went out, got a set on his own, um, and did it on his own, and then I saw him a couple months later, and he was like, oh man, that was so bad, I never want to do it again. And I was like, what happened? You had such a good response to it, and he said, well, I put him on, and then he said he watched a TV show, started texting, forgot they were on. He said he sat there for an hour, and so then when he took him off, he just had these blisters, and welts on his back and it was it was not pretty for sure oh wow yeah this has been like this sorry good job you did great you're like yeah get these things <laughs> off of me chris is great at getting distracted good and then last thing is bring your right foot down okay put your left foot up now okay and all we're going to do now uh let's put it up a little bit higher perfect right there okay and we're going to take this hand we're just going to reach towards that orange board down there yeah really reach really reach okay good and come back Good. Actually bring it down. Good. Try it again. Good. There you go. Good. Perfect. Yeah, there you go. So 
like I said, with the, what, what I find to be really beneficial is to have the cups on and to utilize that, like, I guess you could say functional movement, again, just authentic movement that really naturally pulls, stretches that tissue. And Sarah, I'm sure you feel a big pull every time. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do two more. One. And then all my hands are doing is just kind of help guiding that tissue. Let's do one more, actually. Help guiding and stretching that tissue kind of where we want it to be. Bring it down. Whew. Okay, so we're going to release them and let them go. Okay. You all right? Yeah. Okay. And so, again, if you kind of watch down here and watch that tissue, you can kind of just see how it just kind of allows it to be free a little bit. Right? Kind of releases. Has a little mark, I know. But not too bad. And it probably feels really good once it's off. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Good. Go ahead and walk a little bit. Yeah, just kind of move it around. Yeah, just kind of walk maybe a little bit that way. Okay, it should just feel like it's a little free. Yeah, it feels way, way more loose. Yeah, exactly. So go ahead and lay back down on the table. Okay, and we'll just kind of, again, remember how we stretched you at the beginning, told you to put it in your memory bank for how does it feel, things like that. So first off, we're just going to kind of see how it feels. So we're going to bend you up. Oh my gosh, yeah. So how does that feel? Does it feel looser, more mobile? A lot more mobile, okay? And it doesn't feel as tight through here, right? Okay, and even just doing that, I don't know if you can probably get that or if you got that on camera before, her range of motion is, is a lot greater now. Even just through that, she's at about 22. She was at five before? Well, she was at five, so do it yourself. So before when she did it herself, she was at about five to seven. And her doing it herself, she gets to 15. But then when I pushed her, we got her to 15. And now we can get her to about 22 to 25. Right? And again, that feeling that she feels is that it's more mobile, that it's not tight. It can actually move again. Right? And just it feels a little bit happier, I guess you could call it. But it's a, like I said, it takes about three to five minutes of a treatment session. And that, it, it, if it's purely tissue, connective tissue related, effects can be felt like that. So it's pretty great. That was only about five minutes worth of work too. Exactly. And then after that, we would normally follow it up with some more stability work, some exercises, um, things of that nature. Because once you take tissue, say tissue moves from here to here, right? And then we did cups. Now we increase that mobility to here. Your brain, just like neuroplasticity, has no idea how to use this space. And so doing exercises to follow it up is going to help kind of remind the body to say, this is how you use that new, new mobility. And so then next time she comes in, instead of moving here to here, it's probably going to be a little bit further. And then we'll do it again. She'll move a little bit further, and then so on and so forth, until her brain knows how to actually take up that space and use that mo extra mobility that we gained. That's fascinating. Yeah. It's pretty cool. That's really neat work. Feel all right? Yeah. Yeah. I know it's kind of intense during the moment. <laughs> But again, the aftermath is kind of like, oh man, it feels really. It's so crazy how quick it loosened up too. As soon as you popped it up, my whole leg was just like. No. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So it's uh, it's pretty instrumental, I think. So it's good. It's definitely something I'll continue to use and, and get better at. So. Yeah. 
So, Chris, can you tell us a little bit about where people can find you on the internet, what you're doing, where you're at? Yeah, so my name's kind of hard, Chris Soterikopoulos, so that in itself is a challenge. Uh, yeah, spell that. Is it yeah. dinosaur? Or... <laughs> yeah, it's something like that. But, you know, if you look up at our, our clinic website, thinkvita.com, so think just like think, and then vitavida.com. You can find me on there as well as my clinic. Uh, we do acupuncture, massage, chiropractic, physical therapy, naturopath services um, under one roof. We're uh, primarily out of the Seattle area, but we also have a location in Bellevue and Everett. And then also we're on YouTube, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. Um, and so I have YouTube videos up as well that just go over some simple exercises and things that you can do. Um, also techniques that I utilize. A lot of the videos I post on YouTube are more educational, um, you know, why you're having problems, things like that, uh, rather than, than treatment itself. But, um, yeah, we're all, we're peppered all over the internet. So if you try to look up Vita or myself, you can definitely find me on, on any of those sites for sure. Awesome. Well, thanks, Chris, for having us come yeah, in and great, see the work that you're doing. I think it's awesome, awesome work. Yeah, thanks, man. It, it's fun. It's good seeing you and Sarah again. And uh you know this is my first podcast so it's great awesome i think we rocked it though i think so too <laughs> yeah, <you did. laughs> cool all right we'll see you next time we'll definitely have to do a follow-up podcast um and see some more of the stuff that you're doing yeah love to help any way i can all right take care cool there you have it, folks. That is cupping from a uh, functional movement standpoint. So it's definitely a little different than your traditional cupping, but uh, it's equally as powerful. Um, I love how Chris incorporates it with movement because I think that's something that a lot of practitioners aren't really paying attention to is how does the body move once you start tensioning the fascia in different directions. So to find out more about Chris, go to thinkvita.com. And if you like this episode, please go to your favorite podcast app, whether that's iTunes or Google Play or whatever it is, and subscribe to our channel and leave us a rating and a review. Uh, we do pay attention to all of the ratings and reviews, and um, we try to change this program to what you all are looking for. So uh, please go ahead and do that, and we will see everybody next time.